Before we get to the episode, this episode is sponsored by The Italy Guy, Naor Menninger's YouTube channel. Yeah, that's right. That's the same Naor that hosts this podcast. You should follow Naor throughout Italy as he goes on crazy adventures. He visits uh, completely abandoned towns in the mountains of Italy, ghost towns that are just completely abandoned. He he tries the best pizza, the pizza that was voted number one in all of Italy. Can you imagine? It's like eating the the most amazing hamburger in all of America. And that doesn't make much sense, but he he uh, eats pizza out of a vending machine as well. He tries a pizza out of a pizza vending machine. He speaks fluent Italian, so you he you know he's able to talk to the locals. And get kind of, you know, inside information that no one else is able to get. It's an amazing, amazing channel. It's really cool, really wacky. Um, all these crazy adventures. He find, he he explores um, an Italian town in Tuscany where supposedly you can buy an apartment for one euro. So you want to check out that video and see if he finally manages to buy an apartment for a euro. Check it all out on the YouTube channel, The Italy Guy. You don't want to miss it. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello there. Hello, oh, hello. Nice Jewish Boys podcast. This is definitely not pee you're drinking. This is, uh, it might be goat's piss, it might be whiskey. I don't know, they taste the same, but I'm so manly, I enjoy both. Yes, manly men like you, <laughs> sipping whiskey. It's, it's delicious, man. After you get through about two to three years of just, like, pure disgust, you end up starting to slightly enjoy it once in a while. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. It actually is like gay sex. It on you. It is. It. You understand what an acquired taste is when you start drinking whiskey, because like <laughs> it is kind of like the beginning is just it gets you drunk and it's like, ugh, and you, it feels like your throat is on fire. Mm-hmm. But now, like I like peaty whiskeys, which are smoky. They they taste like a like a burnt down house. They taste like. Like Twitter smells right now, like a burning dumpster fire. Uh huh. Um, and but they're delicious. And the whiskeys that aren't peaty, they're not smoky. They're sweet to me right now. It's like it's mm. like drinking like maple syrup, and it's really nice because I like maple syrup. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you for for those insights. You asked for them. Um. We're, we're, we're recording on Zoom because uh, I'm in Italy. Again. Yet again. No news there. I think the news uh, is that you're in Israel <laughs> once in a while. I'm actually in Matera, which is a... What a is place, man. In Puglio? Puglio? No, Puglia? it's in, in Basilicata. Which is Basilicata? Another Basilicata. It's uh, also in the south of Italy, but north of Puglia. Okay. And it's so beautiful. What you're doing there? It's been good. I've been filming every day. I'm doing uh, my uh, vlog, my YouTube channel. 
So you gotta check it out. Italy guy. The Italy guy on uh, YouTube. Yes. Sponsored our last episode. Yes. I don't know if this episode is sponsored by Italy guy or not. I mean, we still have to work out the the terms, the terms. Of the, but but it's actually really cool. Noah checks out random crazy stuff in Italy, like uh, like a vending machine that has pizzas and the number one pizza chef in Italy. That's crazy. That's like eating the best sushi in Japan. Yes. Um, what else did you do? Ah, you went abandoned to like, abandoned town. villages. We went to a ghost town, which looks like basically like a like a like a level on on Call of Duty <laughs> from like world right like uh, what yeah. was it the Call of Duty World War Two game? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool stuff. So check it out, Italy guy on YouTube. So now I'm in uh, Matera. So now you're in Matera. You're filming yes. more stuff. Yeah, it's so beautiful here, man. It's like it's city. It's completely. Um, it's made out of the stone of the mountain of the mountain and people lived here in caves for hundreds of years they dwelled in caves and uh the caves that are inside the rock and it lasted until the 50s so until 56 people lived here in caves it's wow. insane and there was this uh, jewish uh, author carlo levi he came here in uh, in the year uh, 45 and he didn't believe what he saw. He, he, he wrote a book about it. And he described how people here were living like animals. They were living in, this, in, a, in a cave, uh, you know, one room cave, entire family with horses inside. A horse, a chi some chickens, a pig inside with the family living together. That's okay. Yes, and they no running water, no electricity. The only air, the only window is the door, basically. And people lived like that until 45. And when he published the book, it became like a huge controversy and, and they call it the shame of Italy. And uh, the state uh, started to do something about it and they built like projects and they forced them out of the caves into the project. Then they renovated the caves. Then it started to became to become really um, like people started to appreciate the caves, and then it became like a huge touristic attraction. And then in 2019, Matera became the cultural capital of Europe, and it really made it famous. And now it's almost as touristy as Venice. Fortunately, in November, tourists don't come. It's the least touristy month. And so I'm lucky, almost no tourists. That's pretty amazing. But speaking of culture, we should talk about Kanye West. <laughs> should we? Forget, no. forget Italian history and, and culture. Let's talk about real culture. Yeah. Yeah. Shalom. Shalom, he tweeted. Yeah, I read uh, someone wrote that like he believes in this theory that blacks are the real Jews. Do you know about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. the black Hebrews. Those are the the guys down in Dimona as well, right? No, but but he believes like that's it's a sect that believes that they are the real Jews and we're yeah. imposters. Yeah, 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 those are the black Hebrews. They live in Dimona. It was a pastor, I think, in like the eighties or seventies. 
from sh- the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And the community of Dimona Jews, I'm pretty sure I might be this might be misinformation. I might have need to get kicked off Twitter <laughs> saying this. But that, Not a big loss. I believe, yeah, I believe that it was a pastor from the Chicago area that made Ali that like came with a community and settled in Dimona in like the 70s or something. But they're called the Black Hebrews. And yeah, they believe that the blacks are the real Jews. And Sounds pretty. How, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I can't disprove makes it. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes know. sense. So, but yeah, there's like an anti-Semitic trope to it because it's like the Jew, the actual Jews aren't real Jews. They're yeah, the real. yeah, yeah. They're the real Jews. Um, so I mean, like, you want to be Jewish? All good, Kanye. We want you, man. You can be Jewish. Why do you have to kick us out? Why do you have to kick down our door and be like, bitches? I'm Jewish. Get out of here. It's like. <laughs> Why? Why? What do we do to you, Kanye? Can't we just both be Jewish? Why? Why do? We, just one of us have to be. It's kind of, it's kind of suspicious when you're like, I'm not anti-Semitic. It's just you guys are fucking liars and you're not actual Jews and you're trying to take <laughs> over the world. I'm the real Jew. I'm not. I don't hate Jews, but fuck you all. <laughs> you suck. You're lying pieces of shit. Stop abusing Palestinians. I'm really Jewish. I don't, I'm not anti-Semitic. It's like, I think you're lying. <laughs> um, a, please stop spreading misinformation. Yeah. Sorry. B, did you see the, did you vote in the big poll? Elon Musk's huge poll to reinstate Trump? Yes or no? Worse, of course. What did you, what do you think I voted? Yes. Of course yeah. you voted yes. Like the Trump sucker that you are i'm like i'm a good jew so i was hoping there'd be an it depends option (laughs) but but there wasn't so i voted yes yeah i voted yes as well just for the fun and games also because it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that they banned him i think like it's ridiculous because they have fucking khamenei on twitter yeah yeah he's tweeting like kill all the jews that's they're okay. Like, they're like, no, Trump. Trump said phony election. Said, <laughs> you know, stolen election. Oh no! Get him up. And apparently, there's like a there's a big thing about child sexual exploitation on Twitter. Did mm. you know about this? Uh, no. It's PizzaGate or listen. No, 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 no. There's. <laughs> You sounded like you were like, I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Define exploitation. Because yeah. if they say yes. So so apparently <laughs> there was, um, here I found it. There was a Twitter employee, Eliza. I think she's a Twitter employer. She's an advocate. But anyway, the, apparently Twitter wasn't doing anything about chi- tw- child uh, sexual exploitation. There was like, Twitter was like a hotbed for sharing child sexual like pornography and stuff like that and they weren't doing anything about it and now elon musk made it a number one priority like he responded to a couple of Mm. tweets about it and he's like priority number one and he's trying to get rid of it and i love the fact that everybody was so upset like it's the end of the world if trump gets back on but i didn't hear one thing about kitty porn so it's like 
He's awful for saying that the elections were rigged, which, by the way, is bullshit. And we all know it. It's fine. Like, that's a lie. It's stupid. But that's worse than filming kids, raping kids online and posting it to Twitter. Like, that's cool. But Trump needs to be off. Like, ridiculous. It's, just, it, it's insane. Nobody mentioned and the left in Israel, at least the left went berserk. Like, that's it. Twitter is done. It's the end. It's the end, guys. Please follow me on the. If Twitter goes down, please follow me on Telegram. And I'm like, all the lefties were are panicking. And I actually heard a very good podcast with uh, Effie and Itai from the Hebrew podcast Semic. Uh, oh, and yeah. yeah, they had actually Effie had the very interesting insights. He basically says that he he said, if you want to understand. Elon, you got to look at the numbers because he's great at finances. Okay. So if you look at Twitter's numbers, Twitter, when he bought Twitter, Twitter made $5 billion a year. Okay. Not profit, uh, gross uh, income, $5 billion. Okay. A year. It's insane. Now, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. No, considering the fact that time. you're thinking to yourself, who's running ads on Twitter? Apparently. No, but not 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 relative to the other social media giants. Like the other social media giants are making tens yeah, of way billions, more. not way hundreds more. of billions. Yeah. But anyway, so five billion is the number, more or less. And but the problem was they weren't profiting because the they were the expenses were more or less the same. So by him just getting rid of 70% of the people, he, assuming uh, the income keeps going more or less in the same rate, he gets cash flow of like at least $1 billion a year. Yeah, no, he's, and also I love the fact that, I mean, I don't know how, how accurate it is because he's the only source of information, but he keeps talking about how Twitter's numbers are higher how engagement is higher than ever. And I buy it because I don't know, in WhatsApp groups with friends that are, you know, never tweeted, they're all of a sudden sharing tweets. Everybody's on there just because of the fact that he's on there and they want to be part of the dumpster fire. It's not really a dumpster fire, but they want to go and watch it. Yeah. And it's interesting all of a sudden. And there's action. Like there's the I I, I all I'm on Twitter way more than I ever was. Really? Yeah, I'm on Twitter like you don't like me. You don't like my tweets uh, more. Well, I I I thought you were a bot, <laughs> honestly, up until now. <laughs> but um, no, but but I'm on there all this all the time, and yeah, it's just crazy. But I just want to circle back to the kitty porn. <laughs> Never Your favorite that. subject. Yeah, no, but this this Eliza guys, you gotta look her up. It's E I E L I Z A. She's a human trafficking survivor advocate. So she like I guess was trafficked, and she's a survivor. And now she advocates against it. And she it's funny has, how it's the kind of titles where when you play with the words, it can come out so much different. Yeah, <laughs> but she she has a tweet here. A reminder, a 13, this is from September 4th, a 13-year-old minor survive, survivor begged Twitter to remove a video sexually exploiting him. Twitter reviewed the content and said no. 
They had his government ID showing that he was a minor at the time. The video had over 160,000 views, over 2,000 retweets. It's, a, it's incredible. Apparently, it's this whole thing that I had no idea about. That, And so now Twitter banned the top three hashtags that were related to like child pornography, basically. It's amazing. And like you, you didn't hear about it. The biggest problem was that Trump is coming back to Twitter. And that's why I was kind of pissed at Musk. Like, honestly, like it doesn't even deserve a poll. Why are you asking yeah. anybody? Just fucking bring the guy back. And you know what I yeah. mean? But I don't yeah, know. He wanted, he wanted to make a show out of it. But yeah, what happened yeah. in the midterms? Like, you know, uh, when, the, what's the deal with Arizona? Why it took so long for... That's ridiculous what happened there. No? Doesn't it infringe, like... Um... Counting the ballots? Yeah, I don't know. Also, Georgia. Georgia has a runoff for the Senate. And it also took quite a quite some time to, to count the votes there, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But the midterms were pretty disappointing for Republicans. Yeah. Really disappointing. Yeah. Although, like, they took the, the House, right? The Republicans. And Yeah, but by, by so yeah, but, far by one. But it doesn't matter from what I understand. Like, as long as you have the majority, you have the majority. You can, no. No? No, there's... Look, there's Republicans like Mitt Romney that are... Or, like, Liz Cheney. They aren't... Uh, I'm not sure if they're even congressmen or if they're senators, but there are Republicans like Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney that sit on the fence. You know, they're kind of like uh, Milkaz, like center. Yeah. They're not independents, but like they could, you know, so it's not like it, it's just like any anything. You want a secure majority. You don't want my yeah. one. So far, I think they've secured 218, which is like just enough to claim the majority. But the Senate, they didn't. And it's like, it's pretty unprecedented. Like usually in the midterms, the the party that's not in power sweeps through the House and the Senate. Yeah. So it is really disappointing. And I think it's a I think it's a reaction to Trump. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think it would be best for him to not be re-elected and re-voted in for I think Ron DeSantis would be the better choice for the I Republican think he'll party. run He'll run independently. Ron DeSantis? No, Trump. If he doesn't ah. get the primaries, will he run? He doesn't win the Republican primaries. That's a good question. I don't know. I never thought about that. But he would. He would screw the Republican Party. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be an interesting precedent for American democracy. First time ever, a very strong candidate. You know runs by himself i think it is important uh in the long run that more people like strong candidates run separately to 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 stop the bipartisan system don't you think i don't see a problem with the bipartisan system i think israel is slowly evolving to a place like that i mean uh... You know, a lot of parliamentary systems so. that have been around for a while also look more and more, there's more and more consolidation, right? The parties are big, like the Christian Democrats, right, in Germany and the and the Labour and the Tories in, in England, like they're big chunks. There's like hardly any tiny little parties. 
that are taking over. I mean, it looks, the constellation is different in each country, but I think that like as a country matures, there's, it just naturally divides into these two big chunks into the, instead of these like tiny little minor factions that are all fighting over the same piece of cake. I think there's something natural about it. I think it's not so bad. Um, also in the States, like you shouldn't have that much federal power. Like the president should have power over, you know, waging war, and the general federal federal budget, and that's like basically it, you know. So mm. appointing Supreme Court judges, like, but they're not supposed to influence. Pardoning them. a turkey like, every once in a while. Pardoning the turkey is very important. Very important. Sniffing, sniffing little girls' hairs. That's a yes. new, a new responsibility. Sniffing turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this, by the way? The so many videos of him sniffing little girl's hairs another look pizzagate was was obviously a conspiracy bullshit but like you get where they're getting it from like there is this weird of inspiring stuff yeah there's a lot of inspiration (laughs) in the democratic party okay let's move on to talk about what's happened what's happening here or there rather in israel because it's super interesting i think Uh, it's pretty crazy um so bb won the elections um he thought he'll form a swift government um but instead it's been like two weeks and maybe today there's been a breakthrough although from what i read i doubt it but uh, basically what happened the situation he got himself into is since he doesn't really have an alternative but to go with the haredis and the and Smotrich and Bengville, right? He has no alternative. They know he has no alternative, so they exploit that. He has no leverage on them. Which is uh, great. Great. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, time will tell because we'll, we'll get to that. But but what it means is that in negotiation they're being very very tough with very high demands. Uh, and they're fighting between themselves and Bibi doesn't want to give them, they want the treasury, maybe the security. Bibi doesn't want to give Smotrich the treasury and he also doesn't want to give him security. Now here there was something infuriating where the US uh, has been really intervening in our, in how we run things, telling like Bibi stuff like if Smotrich is the minister of security, it, it will be disastrous to our relationship. Like that's, yeah, freaking rude. Like, I mean, it's more than rude. It's it's not diplomatic. It's more than not diplomatic. It's rude. <laughs> it's no, rudely it's, undiplomatic. Rudely undiplomatic. It's not diplomatic. It's not like you know. And we have more than diplomatic relationships relations we have very warm friendly relations supposedly with the united states yeah. so you can expect something that's more than diplomatic that's you know which is we trust you to do you know you're a democrat you're a free democratic state it's up to you what you what you do you share our value our highest value of freedom and democracy so as long as you do that it's up to you what you do um and yeah they're yeah, but it's to be expected. It's not yeah. like Joe Biden has a clear foreign policy 
standpoint, it's just like, you know, virtue signal. No like baddies. No like baddies. <laughs> yeah. Me no like it's just, baddies. It's, it's just virtue like signaling to the, to the left wing. It really left. made me want to see Smotrich, you know, on the principle. See him in security. <laughs> you know? I don't want to see him. I, the truth is I prefer him in... In, in treasury. Yeah, because I feel like whoever's going to be in security, in the end of the day, most of the power lies with the prime minister when it comes to dictating, like, security, security policy, national yeah. security policy. And I would prefer him to get down into the nitty-gritty of our day-to-day -day life. Which but is now Bibi wants to give him treasury, but take from the treasury all the executive branches and take it out of treasury. <laughs> and I don't, I don't see Smotrich agreeing to that. Like, this is why I didn't vote for Bibi. I hate his his like maneuvering. Like just grow a pair, make a decision. Like people don't like it. Say, okay, I'm going, you know what? We'll go to elections. Like, guys, I keep coming back. I keep coming back with 30, 34, 32. You guys aren't getting rid of me. You want to go to another elections? Let's go to elections. But he has all these maneuverings that are like, oh, I'm going to just go to Ariadne, go to Smotrich, be like, this is what you get. This is what you get. You're not happy? Let's go. I got 30. What do you have? But it doesn't work like that. No, because... no but they can, form another, they can form a government without him. You forget that after he, how does it work in Israel? With who? With Yair Lapid? No. First of all, let's explain to, to the audience, okay? Uh, dude, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a chance, but if you have balls, you're not afraid of a 15% chance. It's not 15%, man. It's 70%. It's 70%. 70 yes. Who's the government? Please explain it to me. So, guys, if you don't know, in Israel, uh, Bibi just got from the president the mandate to form a government. So he has 28 days to do so. Then he can ask for extension for 14 more days. And if he fails... The president gets the mandate back. He can give it to another member of Knesset, or he can give the mandate back to the Knesset. And then it's a free-for-all, where anyone who gets 61 signatures can form a government. So what would happen is a, a, a member of Knesset from Likud okay, would rebel, would take 10 Likud members with them, okay? and they would take the Haredis, and they would take Gantz, and they would take uh, the Tzionudatit, the Smotrich, and Bengvil. And they would take even the, I don't know who else, even Lieberman. And they would give, and they would do it with another. Um, and Bengvil and Smotrich? Yes. And the Haredim? Yes. 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 yes, 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 yes. And uh, they would there's form a no, government. But, okay, if you think there's a 70% chance of that happening, you're li yes. living la-la land. No. Dude. I'm there's in this business. I, it's, I mean, literally, it's literally my, uh, my, business, my, my line of work. Show me the know? numbers. Show me the numbers. Give me a list Easy of numbers. five Knesset members or 61 Knesset members that'll sit together. I don't see it, man. I don't see it. I don't know. See, the, the, the last elections was this like Frankenstein. Yeah, exactly. There, yeah, but but it was this a, time you'll have people probably could. You have 
It was a Frankenstein government that nobody saw coming, nobody intended, no one wanted. And they, they're seeing, politicians are seeing the price that Naftali Bennett is paying. They're seeing it. So I don't think that they're easily going to betray their voting base, their constituency. And to me, it is very unlikely that how a government without BB would be formed right now. It's very clear what the what the coalition is, what it's going to be, what it's going to, what the constituents of the coalition, who the constituents of the coalition are going to be. It's just a matter of making it. So, and he he has the better hand. So play your better hand. But he's like he's so he's so afraid of like he's not his two thousand and three self anymore. He really isn't. And he was a great leader for the past 10 years or the 10 years before 2021. He was a great leader. You know, he saw us through. He kept things cool, which is fine, I guess. But like, he's not making the changes that you and I want. Which is why people are counting on Smotrich too and Benkville. So that's what I'm saying, that I'm sick of his like status quo. Like he's just, he worships the status quo. He wants to keep everything the same. He doesn't want to move anything. He doesn't want to shake the boat. He's just so worried about like... He's a conservative, you know? He's a conservative. Yeah. That's yeah, but he's, like... he's not a reformer. But he, uh, wa he was. He was, but not when he was prime minister. You know? Yeah, he paid a price uh, to reform. And he paid a price. And he paid a price. And then since then, he, he decided he wants to be conservative. Um, but what's really interesting is what's going to happen with Derry. Because Arya Derry, the leader of Shas, uh, was convicted yet again for the second time in uh, charges, criminal charges, just a year ago. He didn't pay taxes for his properties. Repeat and offender. Yeah, repeat offender, and he was already in jail once uh, for, uh, I think, bribery when he was the Minister of Internal Affairs. And uh, according to Israeli law, uh, if you have, a, uh, have been sentenced to jail, um, mm -hmm. you cannot be a minister. Um, and he was sentenced in his last verdict a year ago. He reached this conciliation, reconciliation, where he got the Masar al-Tnai. How would you say that in part, like... Um, uh, par parole, basically. Yeah, parole. So the, um, so the judiciary system, the, 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 the state advocates wrote her opinion that this means he cannot, according to the law, he cannot be a minister. Now he has to be a minister. He wants to be a minister. He wants to be a very strong minister and Bibi wants to give him ministry and he's essential to the coalition. So now they reach the first point of conflict between the judiciary system and the politicians around the dairy question. So what they have to do is they have to change the law. It's the law. It's one of the most basic laws of who can be a minister, right? They want yeah. to change it. So if you are on parole, you can be a minister. Yeah. Only if you actually went to jail, that prevents. Now, what will happen if they do it, there will be, uh, there will be appeals for the Supreme Court, which will obviously 
accept the appeals. And then they will have to do the, another law that bypasses the Supreme Court. And all of that will have to happen super quickly. And uh, it could lead into chaos in, in the states. They swear in the government before passing all these laws. I mean, they can't pass laws. They can. They, they can pass laws tomorrow. As long as they have a majority. Yes. They can pass so they laws have tomorrow. To pass these laws before swearing in the government. Or, yeah, or, yeah. But, yeah, basically. Basically, yes. Wow. Um, yeah, it's going to be really crazy because... Of course, the media will go insane, and and uh, the left will go to the streets. You know, it'll be very chaotic. It'll be mayhem. It'll be mayhem. It'll be mayhem. Yeah, already there is a piece of shit. <laughs> How do you talk about the leader of the Mizrahis? Yeah, now he. I mean, look. It was as a Moroccan, as a Moroccan, how can you say those things as a Moroccan? Racist. Um, <laughs> I'm reading on the Wikipedia. Derry was convicted of taking one hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars in bribes. That's the first of, time. Yeah, in two thousand, while serving as Interior Minister, and was given a three-year jail sentence in two thousand. So he was in jail. In CNN, they wrote, the former leader of Israel's powerful Shas party, Arya Dari, began serving a three-year sentence for bribery and fraud on Sunday. He walked into jail after a remarkable send-off that was 1,000 after Dari prison gates. The mood of the crowd changed. About 50 demonstrators threw stones at riot police. Apparently, there was a big deal around him going. Then he made a comeback. Yeah. Right? I'm trying to find where the crime is exactly. Where? Like where, like the I want I want a description of the crime, but anyway, he took actually one hundred and fifty five thousand dollars, which people don't understand, and that's what's so problematic about BB's cases right now is that BB's case four thousand. By the way, guys, listen to our last episode with Moshe Kowalski, and he explains it. But his his the his biggest charge is one of bribery, and the state prosecution like really fought to have that charge brought as a bribery charge and not as this other bullshit charge in Israel, which you can bring, which is like, what is it? A breaking of the trust. They wanted that bribery charge on there. And when you look at like what Bibi did and what Ali Adeli did, they're like, like this guy actually took bribes. He got like money in an envelope and he gave actual shit for it. While BB supposedly got positive coverage in a newspaper, yeah. which but sense. but the, the crazy thing is that after all of that, um, Derry made a comeback, yeah, and he again became the minister of internal affairs <laughs> because he had he waited I think seven years. There's this thing that's called the Kalon. How would you translate that? Cooling off period, or um, he was he was uh, he was barred from office. Yeah, and then after that period ended, he came back to the scene of the crime and became again the minister of internal affairs. But then he got again uh, into legal issues like two years ago, and then yeah. he made this uh, reconciliation with the prosecution a year ago. 
Um, and now we reach this point and his, it's really going to be chaotic. It's really going to be the biggest story of the, of the next month. His crime a year ago was apparently underreporting the value of property sold to his brother to avoid land tax. He evaded tax on 534,000 shekels, half a million shekels. They had to pay a fine of almost 200,000. It's a lot of money. It's a lot yep, of money. Yep, yep, yep. Money laundering, tax offenses, obstruction of justice, committing fraud. Like, this guy's a freaking criminal. But we live in a democracy, and apparently he got 11 mandates. <laughs> no, but in a democracy, there's the rule of law. So, and according to the rule of law, he can't, uh, he can't be a minister. But, but is it actually, like, is is being on, on parole, like, part of the... The, the law says Masal. And they say that Masar is like Masa. So basically, it's a form of... But it's funny because Masar al literally means jailing on condition. Or That's what you have judges for. That's what you, you have You know what I'm saying? Like it, what it literally means is you're not in jail. There's a condition to the fact that you're not in jail, but you're not in jail. Mm-hmm. So there are already... There, there are... Um... What do you takdimim? How do you say that? Like uh, precedents. Precedents that in the past already judges ruled that parole is worthy as jail time when it comes to uh, such cases barring from office. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's gonna be really, really, really nasty, really nasty because it's like everything comes down to this to this point, and it's really early on. When the when the Knesset has to legislate this rule that overtakes the Supreme Court, and once that is done, you know, when that that stone is thrown into the well, which by nobody way, knows not, what will happen. By the way, I'm not I'm not really happy about like the it's a, it's just the system is so broken that one of the big things, guys, in the election today. One of the big, uh, or in the upcoming government, uh, one of the big like things on the agenda on the uh, that's that's kind of making its rounds in the news is is this piskata ha'it gavrut in in Hebrew, which basically means the ability for the Knesset for the Parliament to override a Supreme Court ruling that that. Um, that uh, voids or nullifies the law that was passed by the Knesset. So basically, if the Knesset passes a law, the Supreme Court says this law is unconstitutional, quote unquote, because Israel doesn't have a constitution, and and knocks down the law, then the Knesset can come back and repass that law with a simple majority of 61 or 62 or 65, depending on what the number they decide on, and, and say basically, fuck you to the Supreme Court. Like, we're passing it anyway. Rendering the Supreme Court like into nothing. Powerless and powerless and no, not nothing. Powerless and knocking down laws. The the problem is that the system is broken, and and you you, they're not fixing it. They're they're putting a band aid, which actually could be worse. The problem is that in 
in Israel, anybody can go to the Supreme Court and claim that a law is unconstitutional. And then the Supreme Court, in its grave disrespect to actual judicial proceedings, overinterprets the laws in Israel and decides basically whatever they want is unconstitutional and can knock down laws for for different reasons of like um, disproportionality or unreasonableness, like things that are so, so subjective. Or unconstitutional. Well, unconstitutionality. Yeah, which, but, but we don't have a constitution. Yeah, but we do have basic laws. But like the problem yeah. is that there's a basic law about the honor of man and the and the freedom of uh, labor movement, but not for the freedom of speech. Freedom of speech doesn't. Yeah, no, but I'm saying that that law is like way over interpreted. So basically, the Supreme Court can knock down anything at uh, anybody's whim. So anybody I can go to the Supreme Court and say, I think this law is unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court can then decide by a random uh, uh, a random uh, constellation of three judges, which is decided by the by the head of the Supreme Court, head of the Supreme Court. So she can choose whoever she wants and, and basically can very thereby influence their, their decision because she knows what judges, which judges lean where to knock down a law. So it's very easy for one person to take a law that was that was passed in the Knesset by 61 people and go and say, fuck this law. Fuck it. I don't like it. One person. It's not that easy, but, uh, you know, it doesn't happen every Monday and Tuesday. It's happened but to 20 laws. The problem is because of that power that the Supreme Court laws. has, because of that power that the Supreme Court has, the whole institution of counselors, each ministry has a counselor, a legal counselor. And since they know that if this law that has to do with this ministry passes, it will go to the Supreme Court and someone will go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will, will turn down this law. They, don't they, they tell the minister, don't even bother trying to legislate this law because it will never pass through the Supreme Court. And so yeah. most of the laws aren't being born even because yeah. of that. I mean, we have no idea how many would have been but hard facts are there's like 20, 25 laws that have been knocked down over yeah. the last 20, 25 years. Yeah. So it's about a law a year, which is a lot. I mean, and these laws are, you know, they're big laws. They're laws yeah. that have been passed by the Knesset. Um, yeah. And so no doubt the, 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 ju the judges, the judiciary system brought this, this vengeance, this, you know, this hammer, this sludge uh upon them with their really violent takeover the, the country basically but the question is how now that we have the power to write how should we what should we do one of the criticism against the this law they want to pass that says that they can overthrow a decision of the judges to take down the law is that they say by legislating this law, you you recognize the judge's um, right to overturn a law. Because what you're saying basically is, 
okay, I legislated law. They, if they overturn the law, then I will reinstate the law. Meaning by I doing have that, to reinstate it by... No, yeah. but you, you recognize that they have the right in the first place to take down the law. And so well, they, they say you don't even need a law that, that allows you to do that. What you need is to make sure in the law that they can't uh, take down a law in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know how it's worked. I don't think a law is approved by the Supreme Court. I don't know if the Supreme Court in the United States can reject a law but or knock down a law. But I know that the system is set up completely. I think that in in the United States, the legislation is is introduced in the floor by the Senate or by the House, and then it's moved to the other House, depending on which House it was introduced to. And then it goes through a bunch of committees and subcommittees, which are made up of of lawmakers, meaning legislatures, meaning representatives of the people. And they they, you know, interview whoever they need to interview and check whatever they need to check to make sure that the law is good and that it fit and they approve it. And then it's and then it's approved in the House and in the Senate by a vote, by a vote, majority vote. And then it goes to the president. I think the president has veto power or something, but it never reaches the Supreme Court. Then what happens is that, first of all, you need to have what's called standing. Like if I am a citizen, then in this law hurts me, which is the claim of the left here in Israel, that these laws who will protect the minorities. There's this clear the red, the redheads. Yeah, the, <laughs> the redheads. There's a clear there's a clear system to how the minorities are protected, which is the judicial system. So if I'm a minority, I'm a person who a law uh, damages, I go to the court, but I work my way up. A system of courts and Israel has that system of courts they have three layers like in the states you have like district uh you have uh local, you have local district, district and, and, uh, and, and federal and federal so here in Israel we have a shalom we have the machos and we have uh, um, uh, supreme. The, the supreme court so you have three yeah. levels so yeah same thing I ostensibly if, if a law offended me or somehow damaged me I would go to the first wrong and fight my case and if, yeah. if i want to i appeal to the to the district and then i appeal to the federal and then yeah. the federal the supreme court can decide this law was unconstitutional to begin with yeah and i'm still not sure what the how it works if it knocks down the law or if it just sets legal precedent where the law and then courts everywhere will start deciding according to that legal precedent so there is power in the Supreme Court, but it's very limited. And it needs, you need to be a civilian, you need to be a citizen that is actually harmed. Like, you can't just be like, I don't like this. Like, yeah. why do you like it? Because it hurts those people. Well, they're not complaining. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> no, but usually those who, who appeal are NGOs, that their the NGO's agenda has to do with the law. So they come as the NGO, you know? Yeah, but I think say, it's it's horrible. I think there's two things missing. I think that's the standing issue. Like in Israel, there should be, we should uh, pass law that says that you cannot come to a court without having standing. Meaning you have to be able to say, I was hurt. 
you mm-hmm. if you can't say I was hurt and show how you were hurt, then screw you. You don't need to be here. You're wasting mm-hmm. our time. That's one. And the second thing is that um, I forgot the second thing. Ruling and uh, and the the order of power. Uh, you start at the at the at the Shalom Court, and then you move up to the yeah Supreme Court. Ah, uh, no, and we need a constitution. I, we need something that is much more uh, small thing. We need small a constitution. Thing. We need some. I mean, we have basic laws, but there's so many bullshit basic laws in Israel. There's so many bullshit basic laws that have higher standing than other laws. A constitution isn't meant to include shit like I don't know random ass laws about computers no but there isn't i don't think there are so many basic laws man there are like four no dude there's here look yeah maybe i'm exaggerating there are like five or four no no there's like there's like 11 there's one two there's Basic law, the Knesset. Basic law, Israel lands. Basic law, the president of the state. Basic law, the government. Basic law, the state economy. Basic law, the military. Basic law, Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. Basic law, the judiciary. Basic law, the state comptroller. Basic law, freedom of occupation. Human dignity and liberty. Referendum and the nation state. So there's 13. Okay. But what is the state comptroller basic law? The state what? The state comptroller the law a collection of instructions would had previously been scattered in other laws determines the powers tasks and duties of the state comptroller who also functions as ombudsman it also determines the manner in which the state comptroller is elected in the states and that he she is responsible solely to the Knesset. the state what i don't understand the word the state comptroller what? comptroller comptroller what is it in hebrew yeah. ombudsman it's like uh uh the like a financial job accounting and financial reporting of an organization he's uh-huh. in charge of like reporting the finances of uh-huh of the Knesset who knew yeah who knew it's like the the the, the federal accountant <laughs> <laughs> the most boring man in every state he doesn't get he doesn't Everybody get much needs an accountant yeah uh okay you learn new things every day okay man okay i'm losing you i'm losing you you got me uh yeah yeah anyway let's wrap things up yes Uh, last words on the world cup any thoughts on qatar um it's shameful it's shameful but yeah bunch of hypocrites Expected from an organization like FIFA. Yeah, a bunch of hypocrites. Really. Yeah. What can you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure, man. It was a pleasure. Always um, leave me with, uh, you know, just loads of optimism and hope. Of course. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> optimism and hope, it's it's me. It's Your no yeah guys thanks for listening um we will be back after i'm back from italy in a few weeks with cool guests coming up including dan shiftan 
Dan Chieftain, your favorite, guys. Your favorite. You asked for it. You begged for it. Now you're going to get it. The baritone beast of the Middle East. Yes. Dan Chieftain. The jokester. The jokester. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything good with you, by the way? Yeah. You know. How's life? How's Daniela? It's Sleeping? Good. Sleeping. Sounds Sleeping like a baby. Sleeping like a baby. Did you see that? <laughs> There's this Instagram reel, like a guy who says, it's like a comedy sketch. He's like, I think whoever made up the phrase sleeping like a baby has never seen a baby. I don't think they've even ever heard of a baby. <laughs> I think the phrase should be more like sleeping like someone who does not have a baby. She wakes up like every hour. I don't know. Really? Yeah, I never knew that that phrase was so flawed before I became a father. But like, she doesn't, you know, wake up. She, we get, you reinstall the pacifier and she goes back to sleep. But yeah, yeah, she wakes up. Wow, that's life. Yeah, You're like that is so far from me. I yes, no <laughs> I have no idea how to relate. To I'm you. gonna just eat pasta now and relax. <laughs> <laughs> soon i will have a baby but you will have someone to wipe your ass in 40 years yeah that's true that's true which is why you make them no but i had shavon before this <laughs> uh, now you get two you get a <laughs> plan b <laughs> okay guys we love you Thank you for tuning in. And like us and subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram. Yes, yes. And follow the Italy Guy on YouTube. Bye.